Hello, everyone. Oh, friends, I hope you are doing so fantastic today. I just feel like, you know, the boys are in school. I'm getting more work done. I get to hop on here and interview some fantastic people and bring you just encouraging messages and faith-filled, you know, inspiring messages that I hope uplift you daily or, and uplift you every time you tune into this podcast. So thank you for joining me. We are going to constantly be checking our heart and where we're at. And that's why today is a wonderful topic that we're discussing. And that's your surrendered yes. I'm with Rebecca Lyons and she wrote a new book, A Surrendered Yes. It's 52 Devotions to Let Go and Live Free. And we're going to discuss and dissect what that actually looks like. What does it look like to live a life of yes and to live free? But I don't mean just like saying yes to everything. It's a surrendered yes. It's God's yes. It is what he wants for us, not what we want always for ourselves, but truly what does it mean to surrender our control to him and and just to bring that joy into our lives. So thank you for tuning in. Rebecca is fantastic, and I'm just so excited for you to listen in to her heart. Enjoy. Thank you, Rebecca, for joining me on the podcast today. How are you oh, doing? Thanks for having me. Oh, very good. Very good. excited to be here. Good. Um, I'm so excited to talk to you about your new book, A Surrendered Yes, which is a devotional book, which I absolutely love. But I always like to actually go back to where it all began, because I always think it's important for people to know the backstories and the backgrounds of authors and speakers. And, you know, because it, it takes time and it takes energy and it takes experience to speak from the heart. And so I would love to hear one, how you first got started in ministry and in your podcast and becoming an author to help bring, you know, hope to other people. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, honestly, it's started, I guess, you know, I really kind of think I'm a late bloomer. I, I started a nonprofit with my husband 20 years ago, and that was really just helping Christians engage culture. And it's never been more pertinent than now. So we still yeah. do that, <laughs> but we uh, just, we talked about the tensions of our time and we want uh, the faith space to be in the middle of that, that like, how does our faith inform how we respond to anything politically or home or community church, whatever. So that's kind of our life. And then we have four children from 20 down to eight. And our oldest oh, wow. is a down syndrome diagnosis. He was born when I was 26. And then we adopted a little girl from China three years ago, who is our second grader. <laughs> and then we have two other kids in the middle, Pierce and Kennedy. So 2018, 16. So three kids in high school oh, and college. So you're, so you're busy. Then, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's kind of my life. And that's honestly, I was home full time with the kids. And then we wound up moving to New York. Um, because a lot of the people who are serving in culture on those front lines of arts, media, government, policy, education, were coming through the city all the time. And at the time we lived in Atlanta. So we thought like, let's move our three elementary kids to Manhattan. Oh that my makes goodness. perfect sense. <laughs> and that's when I started having panic attacks. We'd been there about four months and it lasted about a year and a half. And honestly, I experienced the rescue of God. And then all of a sudden I started talking about mental health in the church. And that's what catalyzed me writing books. And my husband jokes, I wrote the anxiety trilogy, but really it was just kind of just talking about like, let's, let's bring faith and science together in the areas of anxiety and depression and panic disorder 
And yeah. oh my goodness, the Lord just kind of opened up my ministry from there, from honestly just pain becoming purpose. And I think, I think suffering does catalyze calling all the time. Absolutely. Right? I think that's, <laughs> I mean, typically it's in our suffering that we, we see God's purpose for us, yeah. like you just said, and it's where we can then speak life into other people. So it's yeah. usually from, it's usually from overcoming the wounds, you know, from our scars, we, uh, we speak to other people's wounds. So I think it's beautiful that you are speaking about this topic because it's a topic that I think many, many women deal with, you know, people, not just women, but a lot of the audience is women. So, so how did you then overcome the fear and the anxiety and, and use that as a catapult to, to, to renewal and to healing? Sure. Well, you know, everyone's journey is different and it's a journey. And I would say mine surprised me. I didn't even know what a panic attack was. And I felt like I was dying and it was rooted in claustrophobia. So I felt trapped mm -hmm. and powerless and like I had to escape so that I could otherwise I would die. Like that was, there was like no rational <laughs> part of my brain happening at the time. It was just very much. Um, and, and I do think it, there was some history attached to it. I remember feeling like a smothering on the table when my firstborn, it was like, I had two epidurals when a high, it's called a high block. And I like felt like I was dying and smothering on the table when I became a mother. Oh so there was some of that being triggered, um, in the, like, you know, that shallow breathing, restless, like racing thoughts up but it was also my heart was like beating out of my chest, like the adrenaline of all of that. I went to the doctor, said, you're fine. I think your body just can no longer sustain maybe the trauma that you are holding inside. And really honestly, Kate at that point was nine years old. My, my firstborn with Down syndrome. Yeah. And he not only, you know, his entree to the world was pretty dramatic, but also he had small airways and had RSV. So he was oh. almost hospitalized as an infant. Then he had croup attacks. So we would be rushing to the ER all the time in the middle of the night. If a strider got really loud because his airways would shut down really quickly. Oh my goodness. So we had to like flip flops, jump in the car, get him to the, ER, the ER and have an epinephrine shot to help open up his breathing or he would smother. So that oh was like, gosh. okay, <gasps> we're not, we're not out of the woods yet. Yeah. And and then he started like wandering. And so he was oh. nonverbal. Non and so I remember having three little kids because they were all like two years apart. And, and it was like I had triplets because he walked so late mm -hmm. and he was potty trained so late. And I remember being at the mall of Georgia because we lived in Atlanta and I couldn't find Cade. Oh, and we have the mall God. like hops trying to help us. And he's literally like dancing in the back of Hollister. He is not sad, not lost. <laughs> we are the ones I'm having my own personal panic attack. And oh, he was began. having the time of his life. Oh, I know he is never lost. It's, it's the rest of us who are yeah. like, literally like needing life support to like, where is he? <laughs> what's going on? And that continued, um, at a water park. I will never forget Oh my he, like, gosh, the whole, so the whole park closed down to try to find him. And he's just at this leap of faith water sign and kept cutting people in line going down. <laughs> so we moved to New York. He gets lost in central park like the first oh, week. Gosh. And I know you're hearing this and be like, how did the defects not let you still parent your kids? But he would run off because he was just yeah. so happy. And I yeah. had well, two other little kids and it was just oh, me. And I'm, That's I had hard. all of Boston co college um, a, a class that was visiting New York city and a park ranger helped. They brought him back. He was just happy as can be. Oh. So honestly, I think I had so much panic in my, that decade prior that by the, I was already at a tipping point and we get to the city, oh. 8 million people in the claustrophobia. Yeah. Yeah. 
I was just like, whoa, mom snapped. And oh, I cried out to God for a year and a half and it was felt wow. like crickets. And I finally was like, Lord, I don't, you know, I don't need, what, what do I need to do? We'll go back home. Well, I don't know. I can't, I can't do this anymore. And I just remember friends praying for me one night, one day at a Bible study. And then my husband and our small group did the same. And that night on September 20th of 2011, I remember waking up in the middle of the night with a panic attack in my bed and I couldn't find words. My husband begins to pray and I just started grabbing his arm. And then the spirit of God gave me words. And I said, rescue me, deliver me. I cannot do this without you with my left hand, just raised Mm. in the dark. And in a moment, my body just broke and I flat on the bed and all was still, it was gone. Uh, it was like a deliverance moment. It was mm-hmm. definitely like I was flooded with the peace of Christ and I couldn't even move. It was the first time I didn't have to leave for uh, the panic to stop. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I did, yeah, I didn't have healing as a word at the time. I was just like, we're going rogue. I don't know what this means. Yeah. I didn't have another one for seven years. Wow. And it was amazing. Great. And instead, instead, it was like the Lord helped me just establish these healthy healing rhythms of rest, restore, connect, and create, which my last book was about. Just that. putting those practices of inner life, or God and I okay, my spiritual life, am I mm-hmm. slowing down? Am I taking Sabbath seriously? Am I really having routines for deep sleep? Do I trust God? <laughs> um, yes. And then the restore rhythm is all about physical health. Am I eating food for fuel? Am I moving my body every day so serotonin can be released in my brain? Um, and then the the connect and create is all about are my, my relationships good? Are they healthy? Are they strong? Um, am I choosing forgiveness over resentment? Am I being vulnerable or apologizing first? And then finally, create is the vocation. Like, am I yeah. am I shrinking back from what God invites me to, or am I willing to step toward it even if I don't care about the outcome. It's more yeah. about the obedience. So that's it. That's kind that's of how I've so overcome good it. But, and so all of those steps that you just mentioned, I mean, those are all such practical ways to get ourselves out of the noise and into his presence. Um, and you said that was in your last book. Could you remind yeah, me what the rhythms? Yeah. Yes. It's, it's called rhythms of renewal, trading stress and anxiety for a life of peace and purpose. And it's the four rhythms. And if you can just have an expression of each rhythm in your life every day, it's kind of the guardrails that keep you from going off course or just chaos ensuing. And I think God puts boundaries in our lives for a reason. You know, they, it says in Psalm 139, you hem me in behind and before you laid your hand upon me. When kids are out playing in like the backyard, if there's no fence, they'll kind of huddle together. But if there's a clear border, they'll go and explore. Mm -hmm. And so God's created boundaries in our life for our freedom. Actually, it's not, it's not restrictive. It's actually the opposite. It actually goes, you're safe here. Mm -hmm. So you can now get to go create within these boundaries. And so the guardrails, the rhythms are the guardrails and the boundaries that keep me healthy, mentally stable. That's so good. Yeah. And so from that, you now have created devotionals, a devotional book, which I think is also extremely helpful for, for just, you know, making yourself get into it daily, because I think that's the number one struggle for women, especially mothers and especially career women who were putting that above all else and it's time consuming and it's chaos. And I think so often we are just so quick to say there's not enough time. There's not enough time. And, you know, there are practical ways. I know for me, I just leave my Bible open and it's there and I get to it every, every hour that I can, you know, get to it. But, but, um, I love devotions for that because it allows you to get into the word and be with God. So 
Can you talk about why you wanted to write a devotional and what readers could expect? Yeah, for sure. So it's called A Surrendered Yes, 52 Devotions to Let Go and Live Free. And it's kind of, it's definitely like small essay format. And there's three sections, say yes to God, say yes to yourself and say yes to others. And, and so there's scripture in the beginning, a short essay, some reflection questions and a journal prompt, because again, I think you can't heal what is hidden. So when we start to reflect and just get honest before God, that invites him in to do the work that only he can do. Sometimes we read a devotion and we kind of close it and do a quick prayer. We don't search the heart. We don't really go like, search me, oh God, and know my heart, test me, know my anxious thoughts, see what's wicked in me and lead me in the way everlasting. But that was David's prayer to God and he was God's bestie. So I'm like, if we we can pray that. Yes, absolutely. Part of that is just reflection. God, where are we at? I'm, I'm not, I'm kind of a mess right now. And I'm God's bestie. I mean, we can come to him with our mess and with our brokenness and it's not, it doesn't have to be scary. You know, I, I, I don't know. What would be your advice to someone who is struggling with that? Maybe they are hiding, especially the past couple of years, because it's very easy to hide right now mm-hmm. in plain sight with mm-hmm. quarantine and not seeing the same people. But that's also bringing a lot of anxiety and a lot of depression and a lot of other stuff, fear, worry. So what would, what would be your first tip of advice to anyone dealing with that? Yeah, for sure. A journal prompt or questions, just being honest with God to me, journaling is nothing more than an ongoing dialogue with God. It's not like, there's not a script. There's not like the way you can talk to God. It's <laughs> he, he loves you so much. He wants, he, he knows you intimately, but really it doesn't matter if you don't, um, share to him. Right. Cause it's kind of like, yeah, he's the sovereign and he's God and he sees everything, but what he really delights says in scripture, he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, meaning just come to him on the daily and just say, God, today's a great day. Today's a really hard day today. I'm really mad or I'm really sad and he can handle it. I mean, he, he loves us. He's not trying to just put us to work or condemn us or shame us. It's none of that. He's just always no condemnation. It's always invitation. And I think we just forget that. We think we, we, we can't come to God if we've got guilt in our heart or sin, or we feel shame because he would reject us, but it's the opposite, right? It's just the exposure of those secrets that actually free us where where we like drop the bomb. And he's like, that's really not that big of a bomb. Like (laughs) the cross is bigger than that, you know? Totally. I don't condemn you in your sin. That's why I came and took your sin and I clothed you with righteousness. It's like amazing. I think sometimes we shrink back from God because someone who represented God or used his name was very condemning and very rejecting to us. Yeah. That's not God. That is not any critical inner, like inner critic that you're hearing or shame that you're, that's loud in your ears is not God. It's not. It's the enemy who wants to keep you from God because he knows once you come into his presence, God's going to love you so well that this, that perfect love that he has for you will cast out all the fear and anxiety that's in your heart right now. Absolutely. It's so true. It's just getting before him. And so it's such a good opportunity to do that with the devotional and journaling and reflecting, reflecting, I think is the biggest key to know that, like, like where are things stemming from? Like you mentioned from, um, from the past trauma. It's mm-hmm. so good too. And I think the Holy Spirit, yeah. Yeah. The Holy Spirit wants to give you some clues, you know, sometimes yeah. we're racking our brain, like what happened and why <laughs> this way? And instead go, God, how much do you love me? And what is the purpose you have for me? 
and just being still with that and just yeah. seeing what prompts or what memories, what songs, what words might come to mind. It's all him just trying to remind you of who you are in the beautiful yeah. and the broken, right? Not just like, here's the mess you are, but like, actually, here's the beauty that you are. And here's the, how much I delight in you. And we, we just haven't heard that, I think, in a long time from yeah. people who represent God. And so we totally. almost shrink shrink back from coming to him directly. Yeah, there's a lot of condemnation. And I mean, especially now, just, you know, the culture that we're in. And I think it's so great to reiterate that there's no condemnation. You can come as you are and you are welcome and you are loved. Yeah, I kind of feel like if you're tired of the yelling online and all, all the <laughs> polarization on social oh media, you should, you should yeah. try a devotion with God. Yes. It might feel oh a little different. <laughs> well, that's the thing too. So when I hear a surrendered yes, for me, it's different. It's more like being overwhelmed because of my own schedule that I create. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so it's like, I've learned throughout the years because of that, I have to be with God. Like I, I, I seek first the kingdom of God. So I keep that in my mind every morning, every day, but I wasn't always that way. And having a surrendered yes is like giving up that control for, for me yeah. personally. And it, it, you know, it took having a breakdown of like, I can't do this alone to be like, well, yeah, <laughs> because you're here to help me. But it's just funny as humans, how we, we do, we our, our thought process is just so different when we, when we aren't flowing with the Holy spirit and, and we're just trying to do things on our own. And I mean, I think that's the same with overcoming, like if you're battling fear, worry, anxiety, depression, mm-hmm. you could speak to it, but it's like, we think maybe if I do this, I, I can overcome it. Or if I take this, I'll overcome it. If, if I, I don't even know, there's a thousand million things that you could do to overcome, but the ultimate healing and the ultimate deliverance is through, through Christ. So, yeah. Well, so it could be letting, letting go of maybe dreams or expectations that you wanted. And God's like, Hey, I might have something different. That's actually going to bring more life than you can even imagine, but you need to risk in this or, um, letting go of when life doesn't go as planned. Um, but it could be like letting go of anxiety or control. It could be letting go of fear. It's just basically letting go of the thing that's holding you back because Mm -hmm. God was, does want you to walk in joy and peace and abundance. But the problem is, um, I felt like the Lord gave me a verse again the other night in the middle of the night. And I didn't know what it was. I had to Google it. And I just heard set on, on life in peace. I was like, what verse is that? I want, well, I want some more life in peace. <laughs> and I Googled it. And it was Romans six, eight. And it says mm. the mindset on the flesh is leads to death. And the mindset on the spirit leads to life and peace. And I was like, man, we could, all, we could all use more life and peace. So what is the flesh? What is it's basically when we're fixated and focused on all the things that the world is trying to tell us will bring significance and it's all fleeting. It's like followers and finances and fame and, you know, it's, it's control, it's stuff, it's managing stuff and it's all temporary. It's like fleeting. Like you might, you might kill it on a book, right. Or you might kill it on a podcast and then like your, your worth is only as good as your latest accomplishment. Yeah, like that, absolutely. that popularity syndrome is like a minute and then people move on. Absolutely. And so if you're setting your confidence on that, or your worth is attached to that, you will never stop working yourself to the mm-hmm. bone because that like, so, so surrendering that surrendering my identity that needs the approval of people to be good. Right. Yeah. And so I think for me, I was like, okay, I want to 
stop setting my mind on the worldly outcomes that are kind of these short temporary kind of promises that try to promise everything, but they really don't fulfill anything. And I want to set my mind back on the spirit because you are going to never change. Your grace is going to be sufficient every day for the next 50 years if I'm alive still. And (laughs) when I slow down and I get in the center of that place with God and I have actual peace with God, I don't care so much about the outcomes. I don't Mm -hmm. care so much about what people think. Or I don't, Mm -hmm. I'm still kind, but like if they don't agree with me and they want to yell at me, that's okay. Like this isn't about, this isn't about me at that point. They're just working out their stuff. And it's just easier to let some things roll. I think when we go, I'm just going to set my mind. And that means I'm going to consciously pay attention to the things that bring life and peace. And I'm going to turn off my phone and I'm going to turn off the feed of fear. And I'm just (laughs) going to go outside for a walk, you know, like interrupt that daily grind of opposition because you will become what you pay attention to. And if you want to set your mind on something different, you have to watch and pay attention to something different. And God is offering that for us. That's absolutely. So I I would say that's kind of in your book, that would be surrendering to God, but also surrendering to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Make room make room yeah. say yes means no sometimes like make room <laughs> oh more often than not <laughs> i feel like <laughs> yeah yes to god means no to people pleasing yep. or no to that approval of man like i i don't i love paul he's like i don't do this for man mm-hmm. i do this for god and i'm like you're so bold uh-huh. <laughs> you seem to just, you're like in jail and you're still talking about joy like that's not that's not human that's spirit that's, that's kind of empowering spirit. him to mm-hmm. just go like, Hey, I want to, want my days to matter for God. And yet there, and the fruit is in the life, right? If our lives are full of love and joy and peace, then that's a fruit that actually we can carry into a room and it nourishes those around us. Yeah. Absolutely. And that means far more to them than us, like having some, oh, that they yeah, look at. seriously. Like you said, everything is so fleeting. It's, it's not worth striving for. I mean, that's all throughout Proverbs. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So, and then one quick thing to, for it's re, it's, um, surrendering to God, surrendering to yourself, but what would it look like to surrender to others? Because some people might say, hear that and think, uh, what <laughs> surrendering? Well, to others? surrender. Yeah. Some of the, the ones, uh, are called the way of forgiveness. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes yep. we really feel like we want to keep a record of wrongs because we rightfully have been so wounded that we don't want to surrender to going like, I'm going to surrender that God wants to reconcile this relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so one's called, I'm sorry, like surrendering to apologize for something when you might not have even been the one to initiated it, but you participated. Mm-hmm. So you're surrendering to kind of your, your right to defend yourself. If that makes sense, because yeah, God okay. is the, you know, he, he's the, he's a God of justice and he advocates for us. We don't always have to advocate for ourselves. Jesus said, bless those who persecute you. And, you know, like, can you do that? Um, another one is, uh, surrendering to others. I think is like one is called welcoming vulnerability by leading Mm. with vulnerability, like be willing to risk in a conversation that might cost you something, knowing that, um, somebody has to start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Otherwise yeah. you just have a whole shallow thing going on and yeah. no one's really being honest. And so someone could betray that. Yes. But I have found over a long life of being a chronic oversharer in the long <laughs> run, the benefit, <laughs> like me too. the risk. Yeah. yeah. Like people are going, Oh, wow. 
when you gave language to what I was feeling, it gave me permission to then get honest with my story as well. Absolutely. I feel like the more you ask questions to, to other people, like it just draws more, more out and people want to share. They want to, even if deep down they feel like they want to hide it. I think, I think to love is also to listen. Yeah. Yeah. So, Seek to understand yeah. surrendering. Like you don't have to have the last word that could be one <laughs> yeah. or like, you don't have to explain, you know, so that you feel like, I don't know. Like, I think there's just surrendering to others to me is just having, putting grace on that other person's head, whether or not they'll give yeah. it to themselves. Like they might be beating themselves up and be like, like Hey, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Um, one is um, bearing one another's burdens. I think that's a surrender because it'd be easy that's for us to be surrender. like, well, that's not my problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and do surrender maybe your time, your talent, your treasure. Just say, God, this is not mine. It's yours. So use this in the way that can serve someone I, who can't help themselves right now. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the biggest thing is knowing that this time we have, these gifts we have, this life we have is not our own. We all, we yeah. want to hold on to it and, and make it, you know, whatever we want, but really it's not our own. So it is to live like Christ. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to dive into the book and to, you know, be prompted daily. Um, so can you share more about how they can find the book, where they can follow yes. you? And, um, can you tell a little bit about your podcast? Cause I think it's phenomenal and people need to listen Thank you. Yeah. Yes. So my podcast is with my husband rhythms for life. And it's basically for rhythms, like we said earlier, rest, restore, connect, create. But it's really kind of a, it's a podcast about wellness, science and faith coming together. But it's not just about like, oh, we're talking about wellness. It's definitely about like spiritual formation, physical endurance and strength, relational equity, and then finally um, vocational purpose and passion. So there's a broad range of things we talk about because I don't think you can miss any of those categories. That makes kind of a whole pie of like a human. Um, And so (laughs) I was like, let's just make sure we always touch on these things. And so that's that's weekly. And then my name is spelled R-E-B-E-K-A-H-L-Y-O-N-S. So that's just RebeccaLyons.com. You can find where to buy the book there. There's some pre-order gifts available for a few more days there. Um, we're going to start groups, uh, surrendered yes groups, October 1st. So if you want to lead That's a group great. or go through the devotion for 52 days, right up to Thanksgiving with a couple friends, the girlfriends, it's accountability. And you can share even vulnerably, vulnerably some of those reflection questions and find some healing that way in group, which I think group yeah. therapy is far powerful. It's like very powerful yeah. for people. Um, an exponential, it like it, it expedites healing. I think sometimes when you're doing it with yeah. people, um, you're forced to talk, I think <laughs> yes. yeah. you're like forced to pull it out. Yep. Yeah. So, so yeah, so that's what we're doing. Um, and all the things can be found on my website. Oh, and follow me at Rebecca Lyons, basically yeah. where all those places are that's and the so books, like anywhere books awesome. are sold. So, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking time every day to to talk to us. I'm really excited for, for all of that and to continue to surrender, you know? Yes. Have a well, thank you for yes. what you do. Oh, yes. Thank Thanks you. for all you that you do and serving people. I'm, thank I've you. loved having these podcast conversations and kind of getting a pulse on what other people are doing. Cause sometimes with momming and yeah. writing and travel with teaching, I'm like, Oh, I just want all these people to come over and have a big dinner because there's just so many amazing people out there that I just think are serving their communities so well. So thank you for all that you do. Yeah. Well, thank you. I think I, 
for everyone that I get to interview, it's just so cool to see because we're all, we all have people to reach. And if we can heal through our stuff, then we can then touch the people that we are interested to. So it's just so cool to see all so many different people reaching, you know, their, their, um, their influence. So it's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Well, thank well, you thanks. so much. I don't know about you, but I know that even just my conversation with Rebecca really instilled a lot more hope and just to be able to get out of my head and to be able to seek God in all things. And so I really pray that you go pick up her new book, A Surrendered Yes, and do the devotionals to find time with God and make time with God because most importantly, He knows our hearts. He knows our thoughts. And who better to help us through hard times than our Creator? And don't forget to come back on Thursday for the Ignite series. It's just a deeper dive into overcoming some strongholds, overcoming fear, and also just truly finding our identity in Christ. And so I pray that you also come hang out with me every Thursday. And if you're unsure of what day it is of the week and you don't know when a new episode's coming, don't forget to follow Heart of Purpose podcast on Instagram. So let me leave you with a little prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for everyone listening. I just pray, Father God, that you cover them right now, Father God, with protection and with strength and with peace. I pray, Father God, that any negative thoughts be restored to strength, to positive thoughts, to hope, to life, to truth. I pray, Father God, for any worry, any fear, to be put to the ground right now, Father God. We just pray, Father God, for your hand upon us. We pray for your protection over us, your provision over us. We pray for a clear mind. We will not have a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And I pray that over each and every person listening right now. And I just pray that everyone has a beautiful, beautiful day. And we just love you so much, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all for listening and tuning in. I so, so appreciate it. Until next time, bye.